Hey, that's the guy. What guy? The guy that stole my glasses. It's time I got him! <laughs> Could you pick it up a little? Where the hell are we going? It's uh, getting on a bus. Damn. Those are nice glasses. I don't like them. They pinch my nose. Is that right? Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Commando 8. 12,000 uh, BTUs of, <laughs> of, of power. I should get one of those for here. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty hot in here sometimes. It'd be handy in summer. It would be. Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. This week we are doing Season 5, Episode 3 of The Glasses. And this is a podcast where we don't necessarily talk about the episodes of Seinfeld, but we talk about the secondary characters featured in every one. And uh, we're at the very end of the entire series. This is our 11th last podcast. Yeah, coming up on four years, and uh, we'll be finishing late March, so uh, it's been a a wonderful run. So if you've been listening to us from the start, or if you're a recent listener, thank you so much, and uh, we hope that you stay with us between now and uh, the end of it all. Yeah, indeed. If you want to follow us, you can find us on social media at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. You can also email us, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from all of you, and uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. That's right, and if you want to uh, rate us or review us, that would be amazing. We really appreciate that, and you can support us financially on as well sorry uh, we are on patreon check that out in the show notes and uh, we do have the option for one-off donations if a monthly commitment is a bit too much for you uh, you can do that via paypal and again those details are down below so check them out and uh, finally we do run the biggest seinfeld community online it's called seinfeldisms it's a facebook group uh, we're at about 125,000 members now it's growing and growing and growing it's absolutely fantastic and uh, lots of cool things happening for the uh, next few weeks and uh, for the remainder of the year very good. Anyway, speaking of Seinfeldisms, like we do every episode or at the start of each episode, uh, Seinfeld-related things that have happened in your life, Seinfeldisms, my friend. Nothing's happened for me once again, but uh, what about you? Yeah, so on the weekend, I went for a three-day bike ride with a bunch of mates, and uh, one of the guys that I went with, I hadn't actually met before, but I'd heard about, and uh, I knew I would like him based on just, you know, the stuff I'd heard through another mutual friend who uh, we went with. And uh, as soon as I uh, met the guys, we all met at Wangaratta, which is a, a town about two and a half hours northeast of Melbourne, where we are. Uh, as soon as I walked up to him, he was wearing a Seinfeld t-shirt. Ah, oh, sweet. So I'm like, I like you already. Uh, <laughs> now I definitely like you. And you told him about the podcast? Yeah, we talked a bit about the podcast and oh. the group. And there were a few Seinfeld quotes over the week, uh, over the weekend, I should say. Great. Mostly bike riding and a lot of beer. But uh, yeah, Seinfeld peppered in here and there. So it was it was a, it was a nice surprise, Seinfeldism. <laughs> and speaking of Seinfeld shirts, you're actually wearing the one your mate got you, the uh, Del Boca Vista. Shirt. Yeah, I think I talked about it last week or the yeah, week before. It no, was it was like. It was last week. Yeah, 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 last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a friend got me this t-shirt. It's a combina- It's a mashup of uh, Frank yelling on the phone about Del Boca Vista and uh, Metallica's first album, Kill Em All, the artwork on that album. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sweet. Channeling Seinfeld. Going in lock, stock and barrel. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And uh, that's all I've got this week. Cool. What about Seinfeld news? Yeah, so three bits of news. The first, which was actually quite surprising, and I'm, I'm surprised that this hadn't sort of been reported on or talked about prior, but Chris Rock recently did an interview with uh, Stephen Colbert. And in the interview... 
he said that he was actually considered for George Costanza back in the early 90s. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And the NBC producers had approached him. He was kind of being considered. Didn't work out, though. Um, He did go on to say that selecting Jason Alexander was the right move because, you know, he's just brilliant. And he also said that he was considered to be one of uh, the cast members of Friends as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. He uh, Funnily, he told uh, Colbert that he would have been the, quote, black friend. uh, And he said that that's actually who I am to America anyway. So, it worked (laughs) out. Black friend. Yeah. (laughs) The one when people say, I have black friends. Yeah. 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 In the second bit of Seinfeld news, a guy by the name of Dominic Nero, who is actually a videographer, pretty talented guy. He's decided to use footage uh, from Seinfeld, as well as shows that uh, some of the Seinfeld cast have uh, started in, like Comedian in the Cars Getting Coffee and Veep, etc. And mash it up with Twin Peaks footage. So, the original series and the uh, return, which I think came out in 2019. Is that right? 2018? No, 2017. Because I remember after my operation, Mm. uh, it was on Stan, which is like one of the subscription services. It just got released or it got released a couple of months before. So yeah, I remember 2017. I was in a wheelchair and I watched the whole thing. Right. Well, (laughs) there you go. You would would know because I haven't seen it. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's decided to take footage from all of those and create basically an edited together, but a really, really beautifully edited together Seinfeld reunion. Part one is available now and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Parts two and three are apparently coming out towards the end of this month, being January or early next month. And then he'll buy them all together and release them as one sort of solid completed video on his YouTube channel. So we'll put all those details uh, in the show notes. But it's really, really awesome. Like the guy is, like I've seen on YouTube, you can, there's a video called Seinfeld the movie. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, edited together. It's okay, but it's not professionally done. Mm -hmm. This guy is obviously a real pro or just took so much time to do it because it looks as good as a movie trailer. Yeah, for sure. And a friend of the podcast Jesse from the Instagram page uh, Sign Peaks. I'm sure he's all over it. Yeah, I'm sure he'd probably know a lot about it. He might even know him personally or know a bit about him. Yeah, so Sign Peaks, the Instagram account. And he actually, Jesse actually guessed it on our show last year. I can't remember which episode, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so check that out in our feed. And also check out the work of Dominic as well, the mm. videographer. Yeah. Dominic Nero. Dominic Nero. There nice. you go. Third and final bit of news is that through the week, Julia Louis Dreyfus turns 60. That's right. Yes. So read, ha- read quite a few uh, pages about it on Seinfeld. Quite yeah, a articles. yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of posts on Seinfeldisms and a lot of articles, a lot of interviews, a lot of tributes. Really, really nice to read. I mean, as if you're a regular listener of us, you would know that we adore her pretty much like every other Seinfeld fan. She did do an interview with a website called CloserWeekly.com, and uh, in it, she talked a bit about what she's learned in her 60 years of life. She said, "quote I feel really strong. I'm good. I'm here." That was in reference to her breast cancer diagnosis, and uh, yep. Uh, subsequent treatment. And uh, she said that uh, over the last two years, she was always a bit of a health nut, but that she's really, really doubled down on her health. Yeah. She does transcendental meditation. Nice. She does cycling, walking, hiking, all sorts of things. That's what Jerry does too. Yeah. Yeah. Trans- yeah. Transcendental med- What was it called? Tran- Tran- tra- it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Transcendental. Transcendental med- meditation. Yeah. yeah, that's what, yeah. That's transcendental. what Jerry does. Yeah. yeah. A lot of uh, practitioners of that just call it TM. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably easier than saying transcendental meditation. Yeah, I think so. It's like 18 syllables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put uh, a trademark on that, TM. Yeah, 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 TM. Well, TM the TM. That's right, TM it. <laughs> so no one takes it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a sweet little interview, and we'll put a link for that, as usual, in our show notes, and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Indeed. Let's take a really quick break, and when we come back, we're talking about some secondary characters from Season five's The Glasses. You're listening to, but I don't want to be a secondary character. The Glasses first aired in the US on September 30th, 1993, directed by Tom Sharones and written by Tom Gamble and Max Prose. In this episode, George loses his glasses at the hell 
Health Club, but his plans to get a new pair using Kramer's discount backfires. Meanwhile, Jerry buys a black market air conditioner, the Commando 8, and Elaine goes, gets bitten by a dog at the optometrist's office. Secondary characters in the episode, Stephen, Anna Gunn, she plays Amy. Len Lesser makes an appearance as Uncle Leo, hello! Timothy Stack plays Dwayne the optometrist. Rance Howard plays the blind man. Michael Sard plays the doctor. And a special mention to an unseen character, Cousin Jeffrey. Cousin Jeffrey, the yeah. ever-elusive Cousin Jeffrey. <laughs> Indeed. Bit of trivia about the episode, some interesting ones, Steve. This episode was dedicated to the memory of John Otery. He was a camera operator on the show. Yeah, I did see that. And apparently it was the first tribute to appear in Seinfeld. Yeah, and I think there are a few more from memory. I can't remember what they are or what episodes, or sorry, who they're for or what episodes they appear in, but uh, it does happen after this at least once. I think Lloyd Bridges was uh, uh, yeah. paid tribute to in one. a season nine episode. Yep. Yeah, because he passed away around that time. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember there were a few others as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm. So uh, RIP. Yeah. On Twitter, Jason Alexander actually revealed that he did actually eat an onion. Yeah, it looked go. pretty real. Yeah. Yeah. And his reaction looked pretty real as well. <laughs> it did. Yeah. He did say that they did boil the onion uh, a few times to soften it and sort of reduce the flavor. So, yeah. I mean, it still would have been very unpleasant, but oh, uh, yeah. not, not raw onion. And I love excellent acting by Jason. I love how George just keeps eating the onion, mm. even though he's been told it's not an apple, it's an onion. He just still eats it. Well, that's like, that George Costanza kind of stubbornness where, <laughs> you know, he'd rather double down on something dumb than just admit that maybe he can't see or yeah. maybe he made a mistake. Even if it affects him. Yeah. Person, like yeah. physically. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the fourth out of 10 overall mentions of Bob Sacamano oh. in this episode. Oh, there you go. So he'll get referred to another six times. One of the more uh, popular unseen characters. That's right. And he had rabies. Yeah. A friend who had rabies, Bob Sacramento. He's had a storied life. Oh, he has. He's had everything. The father of Ron Howard, Rance Howard, uh, as you said, uh, he plays the blind man in the episode. He makes another appearance in the series, and I didn't pick it up until I read this. Mm. Uh, he's the farmer in uh, the bottle deposit. That's right. He's the one whose daughter Newman seduces. Yeah. And then he drives off, and uh, the farmer's got the shotgun, and the daughter says, I love you, Norman. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. And uh, the brother of Ron Howard, this is sort of a little addition to the trivia, uh, Clint Howard. He played the role of Tobias at Carthief in The Trip. I can't remember. Oh, he, yeah, he was um, revealed to be the smog strangler as well. Oh, yeah. So he was the one in the back of the cop car with Jerry and George. Yeah. And when Kramer was falsely accused of being the smog strangler, it's revealed that he was the smog strangler. Yep. Yeah. So now I remember. There you go. Yeah. yeah, so Clint, yeah. So there have been a couple of Howards on the show. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. This is the second episode in which Jerry's green bike is suddenly blue and silver. And from the next episode onward, it's green. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe Jerry swapped his bikes or something. Or maybe his bike was getting serviced. Yeah. And then he just had like one of those loan bikes. Is that a thing? I know you ride bikes a lot, but are they like loan bikes if you're getting your bike serviced? But uh, like, I guess it doesn't take as long to service a bike, right? Oh, it depends. Like a, a basic bike service you can do in an hour. Yeah. You, know, you just change the oil and tighten some things up and realign some things. But you but don't uh, really need a loan bike for an hour, do you? No, you not really. No, yeah. not really. Look, most cyclists who are serious enough to take their bike, sh- bike to a bike shop to get serviced by a professional probably have a second bike anyway yeah so it's yeah. kind of redundant yep. and if you've only got one bike and it's just a casual thing you're probably not going to get it serviced because you just don't care no so yeah it's not really much of i've never heard of it it might be something offered at some bike shops like really premium bike shops maybe but not that i'm aware of yeah who yeah, knows they just be, want the prop it would be kind of unnecessary just give yeah. your legs a break for a few days and you know get your bike <laughs> yeah have a rest exactly <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> That's all the trivia I have, buddy. What about you? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple more. So yeah. um, in a unshown scene, it was actually a cut scene, it was revealed that Amy, uh, Jerry's girlfriend in the episode, was in fact having an affair with Jeffrey. Yes, that's very interesting. And because uh, it's interesting because in an earlier scene, the first scene we see of Amy, you know, Jerry's kind of doing all these workarounds to try and make Amy admit what she did. Mm. But you can kind of see she's trying to hide it as well. Like you can see she's like, nothing's happened or blah, blah, blah. But you can kind of see that it's like she's hiding the fact that she had an affair with Cousin Jeffrey. Yeah, she is being a bit vague. Yeah, And yeah, she only yeah. starts revealing details as Jerry probes. We'll talk a bit more about that when we talk about her character, which, well, now that I think of it, let's just go straight into Amy. Talk about Amy and uh, the actor. So she's played by Anna Gunn, and uh, you probably know her as two-time Emmy Award-winning character Skylar White from Breaking Bad, another Breaking Bad alumni alongside Brian Cranston and uh, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk, yeah. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk, yeah, yeah. So they've all appeared on Breaking Bad and ended up on, uh, on Seinfeld. The other way around. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, went from Seinfeld to Breaking Bad. Sure. Oh, the second I thought, when was Breaking Bad yeah. made? <laughs> it was like a 1994 TV series. Yeah, I swear they know. had smartphones in that. Yeah, they did. The Breaking Bad from the 2000s was a reboot. Yeah. <laughs> Anna also appeared in other TV shows, including Deadwood in a few episodes, Murder One and The Practice. Now with Amy, before we do talk about her indiscretions with Jeffrey or her, you know, unseen or deleted indiscretions, uh, she loves the park. So she's probably a fan of nature and possibly gardens. I could imagine she probably has like a little garden in her apartment or a terrace you know, where she lives and, uh, yeah, she probably plants a few things and enjoys being around nature. Yeah, I would assume that maybe she came from, like, outside of New York. She doesn't really have a New York accent or any New York, like, typical New York mannerisms. Maybe she just came from an area with a bit more or a bit less people, you know, got to appreciate nature a bit more and she's just trying to enjoy that in whatever way she can living in New York where, other than Central Park and upstate New York, it's not readily available at your doorstep. And uh, I thought, you know, when Jerry was still trying to figure out whether she uh, was making it, or when he believed that she was making out with Jeffrey, you know, she was trying to figure out how they would have met and Jerry's saying to Elaine you know Jeffrey works at the parks department she likes the park yeah. you know they could have met they could have met and you know at first you think that's such a tenuous connection like <laughs> yeah. he's really really grasping there you're pushing it yeah. yeah yeah. but when they're actually at Jeffrey's house and talking to Leo when Leo starts talking about I think he says something about he likes nature or he likes the park or something like that Amy's kind of paying attention but as soon as he says park or nature or whatever she, whatever he says her eyes light up yeah, and look so yeah, yeah. I mean you can take that reaction as in like oh he likes the park i like the park i want to meet him mm. or if we're going with the the theory of they are actually having an affair yeah because you know you could argue whether a deleted scene is official or not it's not canon I don't it's, think. it's not canon but yeah. you know the fact that they were thinking about it and there are a few signs that maybe it was happening like you said yeah it just um, yeah it was just totally different like mm. each scene that she was in yeah you know, both those both scenes so the last one with uncle leo and yep. the first one with jerry yeah she just seemed totally different in yeah each scene. no i know what you mean and yeah, yeah when jerry was trying to interrogate her or, or get some information out of her indirectly by being a bit sort of sly you know at first she's like no i did nothing she's being very evasive and very very nondescript and it's only when jerry starts probing her and asking you know did you go uh, walk along columbus avenue she's like oh actually yeah no i went out she's trying to give him enough information to keep him satisfied Mm. but not so much that he would be able to confirm his suspicion i think the probably uh, the reason why they probably went with the route of her not having an affair i think the joke was george you know, Jerry relying on George's vision and the fact he didn't wear his glasses, you know, kind of, you know, he said, oh, I saw cousin Jeffrey and, you know, Amy going for it. Yep. But then at the end, it's a horse because Elaine comments saying that Jeffrey has a horse face. Yeah. And then there's the cop that looks like the silhouette kind of looks like Amy, yep. you know, with the short blonde hair. Yeah. I think that, yeah, they probably thought, I think it'd be funnier if 
like they probably thought it'd be funnier if George, like George is being like a terrible narrator, like an unreliable narrator yeah. or eyewitness. That was yeah. probably the joke. Yeah. Yeah. They probably thought it'd be dumb if George saw something he thought he saw, but then it wasn't true, but then they were actually having an affair. Yeah. It probably just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. contradictory. Yeah. Yeah. Or a bit too convenient. Like, yeah. oh, George didn't see them. George saw a horse and another woman, but it turns out they're having an affair anyway. Like, yeah. That's such a, yeah. that's such a reach. It is a, a huge reach. So I'm kind of, in a way, I'm kind of glad they went the way they did. Yeah. 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 A lot of people cite Amy for being one of the least liked Jerry's girlfriends. And I don't know whether it's because of Skylar White, character in um, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Breaking Bad. No, she's like sort of aggressively disliked, I'd say, or yeah. universally disliked. I don't know if people are just projecting that onto Amy, but I was trying to separate her from Skylar White. And I couldn't find much to like about her. She's not, she doesn't do anything to make me dislike her. Yeah, she doesn't she, do much. No. One thing that I didn't like about her is that she seems quite, she has an expectation that Jerry buys a, you know, what would be an expensive, you know, Jerry does okay. He can afford, you know, he can afford to buy his father a Cadillac. <laughs> what is she, a reptile? Yeah. Goodness. And, you know, and he can afford to pay a vet bill, which I'm sure wouldn't be cheap. Yeah. But the fact that she is constantly sort of demanding that he get an aircon unit and the fact that Jerry's willing to do that is, I, I don't know, it's quite like if she doesn't like the heat and she really quite, needs yeah. aircon, it's like, yeah. okay, that's, that's, that's fair. It's but, quite disingenuous, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just, yeah. I don't know, it was just like an unreasonable expectation. Yeah. Like and, if, yeah. Go, go, go to her house. If she's got aircon at her house, like, yeah, I would just be very, very annoyed if if a person that was recently that I'd recently started dating laid that at my feet. I'd say, well, no. And Jerry also gets really upset when he, Amy says, "You've got a bad side, an ugly side," mm. and he goes, "Bad side, ugly side. I don't want that. I want her to see it six months from now." Yeah, you've upset so, the whole learning curve. He's a learning curve. So he's already planning like a short to long term or short to mid term relationship. He's with obviously her. keen on her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that he, I don't know, because all she has to say is, "There's nothing to tell," and he's like, "Oh, okay." So he's easily get some pizza. Want to get some pizza? Want to get pizza? He's easily convinced just by her saying, no, no, you're wrong. Which, I mean, she doesn't have an obligation to disprove his suspicions. He should trust her. But Mm. usually he'd be a bit more... Apprehensive. Apprehensive. He'd still... He'd still... He'd give her the benefit of the doubt, but he'd still be a bit sus. But the fact that he's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, there must be something about her that he really likes. But... He's kind of under her spell almost. Yeah, but the side side that Jerry's attracted to is not shown on screen. No. Again, she's not shown to be a unpleasant or unkind or unlikable person, but she's just kind of flat. Just a bit of a control freak as well. Yeah. Yeah, and flat. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because... Because she doesn't, she only really has two scenes. Yeah. So I can see why not many people like her. She yeah. doesn't have enough time to kind of develop. Yeah. Really. The only look normally we um, theorize about maybe what people do for a living or what people what they like outside of you know what they show on the on the episode. Couldn't really find anything to work with other than she seems to really like Paul Simon. Yeah. Um. I don't know. And Paul Simon's pretty popular, so even that's not a, a unique character trait to build like a theory off. No. It's just like oh yeah, millions of other people are Paul Simon's fans. Paul Simon fans too. Okay. But she's going to the park. Yeah. Which makes her very happy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, maybe it's more about the park, the setting, and the actual yeah. artist. I-, I thought that maybe she isn't a huge fan of Paul Simon. Mm. I-, I think Jerry probably got tickets mm. for the next person who's playing. And then the fact, I think she's more happy about the fact she's going to the park rather than Paul Simon. True. It could be anyone. But the fact she's going to the park for a- to a concert, you know, true. she's like, yeah, it's cool. True. Yeah. The only other thing that I could glean from what she'd said was that she said to Jerry, I had a feeling that, uh, you know, you were basically too good to be true because I hadn't seen any flaws in you yet that kind of suggests to me that maybe she'd had a bad run of relationships she was just a bit more uh dubious of, hmm. of guys you well know, maybe she was she's just a, a control more... freak maybe she's like a female version of jerry you yeah. know she expects 
you know, her, her partners to be flawless. And then when there's like a slight flaw, then yep. she gets really upset, like Jerry does. You know, yeah. in, especially in later seasons, Jerry gets upset over someone eating peas one at a time. Yeah. You know, she's probably so picky. Maybe she's just a female version of Jerry. That's a good point, actually. But a bit more needy. Yeah, she could be. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry doesn't demand air conditioners. He just breaks up with them. That's right. You know, where she's like, well, I'm going to hold his flaws against him, but I'm also going to expect me to get stuff. Exactly. Well, well like. Expect him to get me stuff. Yeah, like Jerry, if Jerry went, if the story went where Jerry went to Amy's apartment, and there was no air conditioning, it was hot. Yeah. He'd probably just break up with her saying, you don't have air conditioning. Yeah. And he won't get an air con. So I'm just well, going to leave you. Well, he wouldn't break up with her with that because he doesn't like air conditioning. It's revealed in this episode. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yes, but, yes, he, yes. but he would find another reason. He'd find another. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't like your character in Breaking Bad. Yeah. I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> I'm breaking up with you. The 1994 original series. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> On NBC. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking Bad. Do you have anything else about Amy? No, but uh, yeah, definitely one of the least memorable Jerry girlfriends. Yeah. I agree. I think it's because, yeah, like you said, Jerry normally finds a reason to break up with him and it's always usually a really petty, forgivable, understandable flaw or, or personality trait or quirk or whatever. But this time it's his doing. Yeah, mm. and, and she doesn't exhibit any particular quirk or anything. Yeah. Yeah, and she's just not meant. She's not really essential to the storyline. No. Yeah, it's it, she's definitely one of the least memorable. Well, just one more thing before we go to the next character. I feel like that Jerry really shows his immaturity with the line, want to get some pizza. Mm. You know, whereas Amy's all straight-faced and mature about the whole situation. It's like the first wisps of really seeing Jerry being like a man-child because we see more of this happening in later seasons. So I like how in this episode it's kind of like the start of him like doing, saying immature things or doing immature things Yeah. in contrast to his more mature girlfriends. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I mm. mean, if you accuse someone of cheating and they just flat out deny it and your response is, do you want to get some pizza? You're basically saying, let's just pretend this didn't happen because yeah. it's too awkward to deal with and go eat pizza. Like it's, yeah, that's not a very emotionally mature or healthy way to deal with deal what with is a issues. pretty tense situation. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So yeah, it was like it was nice that we saw like early stages of like real immature yeah. Jerry. Yeah, and it's, I, I think it's a bit selfish as well because you're again if I was if I was accused of cheating and. I had to, and I didn't do it, and I showed my displeasure at being accused to the person accusing me, and they were just like, "All right, well, let's go get some coffee or let's go eat some pizza." I'd yeah. be pretty pissed off. It's like, hang on, you've you've <laughs> accused me of doing something horrible. We need to talk about this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you've you've hurt me. <laughs> yeah, you've done all this shit, and you still want to go out and eat? Yeah, go on a date. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about the doctor. Okay, doctor. Cool. He was last on my list, but I guess we'll talk about him now. I don't know why I pronounced doctor. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no shot. Dogbait. Played by Michael Saad, he's most famous for playing the antagonist from season seven of JAG, General Hassan Abdullah. So fans of that show, you probably know who that is. I have no idea. Uh, he's also appeared in episodes of Seventh Heaven, 24, and Murder, She Wrote. And I said to you just before we started recording, my man, my favorite secondary in the episode. Oh, he's great. He's like, he only has a couple of very short scenes, but he was just... He's just funny. He kills it. He kills it. He's so good. Yeah. He's just like, his command of English is so poor, mm. you know, and you're thinking, how is he just an emergency doctor or how is he just a GP at the hospital? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think he uh, lacks the sort of the human element of being a GP. He's obviously very efficient, very proficient at- But no empathy. Yeah. No empathy. Mm. No sort of like bedside manner, I think yeah, the term is. Yeah, yeah, Just sort of straight down the line. And uh, even if he doesn't understand what Elaine is saying, I think it would be remiss if a doctor didn't probe and say hang on what do you like try and interrogate and say try and understand he's just like no 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 shot dog bite yeah, you know bite. he just sort of he assumes that well, he knows not bang bang yeah he assumes that she knows what she's saying and sort of just goes with that mm. you know whereas I think if there was an English barrier there would be an obligation to sort of try a bit harder to understand what that person is saying what the patient is saying not just going well this is what I think she's saying and I'm just going to go with it yeah and not being dismissive well I guess one thing 
one hypothetical could probably be like maybe he got assigned to work at that hospital because maybe the main doctor was sick mm. and they had no one else. There was a shortage of some sort. So they're like, oh, this guy, he's got qualifications. So maybe they just he just got in there. Yeah, I don't think he's bad at his like job. The, the, yeah, the, the sort of procedural side. He's, he's great at it. He's probably highly admired and highly respected. Like I said, he's just got no bedside manner. No. I don't know. Maybe he should be a surgeon because they don't have to talk to the patients. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they're, they're, not, they're not conscious. No, that's right. <laughs> you know, and then, and then leave the more empathetic emotional side to different doctors. No, I don't know. No bypass, amputation. Yeah. The only other thing I was thinking, maybe he, you know, because he's obviously not from America. No. Um, recently immigrated, I think. Recently immigrated. You know, maybe it's just not something that is common in the country where he's from. Or maybe he's from a country that has, you know, maybe he's like a like a war doctor or something where mm. there's just no room for empathy. It's just all, you know, we just need to, you know, doctor, 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 doctor. There's no room or luxury yeah. of that sort of thing. And well, that's, just, mm. that's just what he's used to. Well, the actor's name is Michael Saad. Yep. And I think Saad's Middle Eastern. Mm. So probably like Iraq, Iran, yeah. Jordan, like that part of the world, maybe the, the Middle East. And yep. uh, yeah, he, he the actor, he plays a lot of Middle Eastern characters as yep. well. So I assume he's from that background. So yeah, he's probably from like maybe he served in the Gulf War. Yep. Like maybe as a doctor, you know, yep. he helped wounded civilians and soldiers in Iraq. Yep. At the and time. I mean, you know, prior to the Gulf War, Iraq had been, you know, going through all sorts of horrible conflicts for years and years With and the years. the Kurds and, years. and Saddam Hussein yeah. regime and stuff. Yeah. Like so yeah. yeah, I'm sure he's seen a lot of horrible stuff and He's just not used to that sort of more gentle bedside manner mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, Elaine and maybe other Americans would come to expect. Yeah. And I feel like in a way he's probably relieved that he's just doing like general medicine. Mm. You know, he's not on the front lines, you know, helping wounded soldiers. Not as intense. Yeah. He's just doing like rabies shots. Yeah. You know, treating people's bites or shots or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah, it's just, just like just, basic stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'd be some intense people, uh, intense situations coming through just as a regular GP, but it's not, you're not in a war zone. No. Yeah. There's, no, plenty there's no blown off limbs and, no. you know, there's... There's, there's room to take your time. Yeah. Of course. I think over time he would have sort of changed his tone and been a bit more gentle and soft and empathetic. Yeah, I um, think so too. Yeah, because like I said, he's a good doctor. He just needs a little work on the uh, on the, the human to human side. The social skills, yeah. if you will. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I liked him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was hilarious. Yeah, he just, was so good. He said well what he said probably like 12 or 15 words a lot, but every single one was tremendous. Yeah, it just worked. Mm. It was so good. Well, this he, hurt? Yes, very much. Yes, very much. <laughs> <laughs> just bang straight in. Yeah. No. No warning. No, no uh, rubbing. Like no. with the with the numbing alcohol or whatever it is. Just bang straight in. <laughs> and Elaine just winces. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Dwayne. He's the optometrist. Uh, he's played by actor and writer Timothy Stack. Uh, he's known for Son of the Beach and The Brave Little Toaster. Uh, he's also played a semi-fictionalized version of himself in 18 episodes of TV comedy My Name Is Earl. Uh, so Dwayne, he had a sugar addiction, which Kramer helped him out of. Yeah. He was addicted to Baby Ruth bars, which is the chocolate bar that Kramer holds up and sort of tortures him with. Uh, Ring Dings and Butterfingers, as well as Dinky Donut Cinnamon Scrolls. That's right. Uh, they had to throw him out at one point because he ordered too much food. Yeah, that's mm. right. And uh, Kramer got him off sugar by stuffing cantaloupe down his throat by uh, <laughs> after taking him to Joe's uh, Joe's fruit stand. Yeah, I feel like Dwayne was probably like an obese or very fat person and he probably after the you know the sugar rehab you mm. know, addiction or withdrawal or whatever you want to call it i feel like he lost a lot of weight yeah no that that would make sense yeah no i would agree with that uh i think maybe he was down and out I mean, Kramer said that he found him at Dinky Donuts. Yeah. I don't know whether they were friends prior and Kramer just ran into him or if he just saw that there was something wrong. He knew that this guy was in trouble and, uh, you know, he helped him out and then they became friends. I'm not too sure. I think that because Kramer befriends the most interesting and you know, eccentric people, he probably went to Dinky Donuts, saw him. Actually, I think we can link this back to season three's The Note. 
Because mm. that's where Kramer went to Dinky Donuts and, and he saw, saw Joe DiMaggio dunking his yeah. donut. Maybe he saw Dwayne there. Yeah. So, you know, on one of his many adventures to go look at Joe DiMaggio, he saw Dwayne out the front. Yep. And then maybe in that moment he helped him. I think it would have been on one of his visits. He was probably going there because from what I remember in that episode, he goes to Dinky Donuts at least two or three times oh, to does. see Joe. Yep. So he's probably going there a lot just to try and catch Joe. But on the times that Joe isn't there, I think if Joe was there, he wouldn't have paid attention to anything but Joe. He yeah. was so obsessed. Yeah. He wouldn't have even noticed that this guy was struggling with eating the cinnamon scrolls. All right, so let's, I think, yeah, let's I think go with that. Yeah, I think it's yep. one of the times he went there to try and scope out Joe. And he, he wasn't, wasn't there. And he and saw Dwayne like, out the front. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, I'll have a cup of coffee and a yeah. donut anyway. I'm here. Yep. I'll wait. And then he saw this guy and then he helped him out, took him to Joe's fruit stand and then they become friends. Yep. And then at some point, you know, maybe after he took him home or, you know, like maybe he helped him out with like a dietitian or, you know, someone to help him out with yeah. his uh, addiction. Yep. He said, you know, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm an optometrist. If you ever have need for frames or glasses or any of your friends, come on into J&T and I'll, I'll give you a discount. You give you a discount. I think that's what happened because each mm. season's what, around a year yep. in the timeline, nine months to a year. Yep. So yeah, that makes sense. It took him a couple of years to get off his addiction to lose all that weight. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. And Kramer, he was banned two episodes ago from Joe's Fruit Store. Mm. So it's not like he went recently to help him. So yep. this must have been at least a year or two before. Yep. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense and that yeah. times out well. So there you go. So <laughs> Kramer went to go see Joe but ended up uh, seeing Dwayne. Why do you think Dwayne is? I mean, because Kramer says, you know, oh, how quickly we forget. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the fact that Dwayne obviously really, really suffered from a sugar addiction because just holding a chocolate bar in front of him, you can see him. He's, he's struggling. He hates it. It's it, it's, it's like it's, Kramer it's, with gambling. It, it's torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he knows that if he even takes one bite of a chocolate bar, he's going to you know, it's going to go back to darkness for him. Why do you think that he's so willing to forget? Do you think he genuinely forgot and he's confused? Or do you think he's just trying to be a bit slippery and get out of it? Or? I think because, you know, he recovered so long ago and mm. I don't think him and Kramer have been in touch. Right. Like, I think Kramer probably knows that Dwayne works at J&T. Yep. You know, or he's like the head optometrist there or something. But then, yeah, he, maybe he hasn't seen Kramer in a long time. Like, he knows who Kramer is. Or maybe just because they caught up in his work that, you know, he forgot. Like, maybe he did forget about Kramer yeah. as well. But I feel like he probably deliberately is trying to avoid avoid yeah. you know Kramer or maybe the business isn't doing so well mm. and he's trying to avoid like discounts oh, yeah. and stuff so he's trying to do full price you know because maybe he's I don't know maybe the business is struggling because there's no customers in there yeah that's you know true. when George walks in he's the only one there that's and then true. the man with the dog walks in and, and it's just he, them yeah and he walks straight he back gets out. made to, to leave so maybe business for some reason yeah maybe a 30% discount is, is, is significant for him maybe yeah maybe it'll be like below cost yeah for him or something yeah so, yeah True. No, that's a good theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? If you uh, if you have a theory about why he's so, I guess, is avoidant a word? Avoidant? Mm. Avoidance, yeah. I don't know. He's avoiding. He's avoiding. Yeah, why yeah, he's yeah. avoiding uh, a discount that he obviously offered Kramer. Because Kramer wouldn't just make something up. He no. wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, he, he'll give me a 30% discount unless it's solid. Yeah. You know, Kramer's not that sort of guy. And yeah, it's, it's just interesting why he's, if he genuinely forgot or if it, yeah, if it's if it's a something he can't do financially. It might be a financial thing, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or, or maybe he just it, wants to keep that all behind him. He wants to put yeah. all the past behind him and just move on. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the discount is a reminder of a dark part of his life. Yeah, and you know, he just wants it's to a direct link back off. to it. Yeah, yep, yep. that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so, anything else about Dwayne? Well, Dwayne he ends up eating a baby Ruth in the final scene that he's in. That's so true. Actually, his yeah. addiction comes back. Yeah, I don't know what triggered it. I don't know. Maybe just being reminded of it by you know seeing it up close. Yeah, you know, because he wanted to bury it. He wanted to bury it. You no, know, in his past. Yeah, and it came back. Well, maybe he's thinking, you know what? I'm at a place of mental strength. Maybe I can have a chocolate bar occasionally without you know going back to being a full blown addict. Maybe he's just trying to eat them at, in a in a moderate level. You know? uh, hopefully, who knows? <laughs> Otherwise, he's back to where he was. Dinky yeah. donuts, like a heroin junkie, just hanging out the front. Yeah, yeah, yep. That scene where Kramer does torture him is 
brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's very well done by both of them. Yeah. Both yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. All right. I'll get in the discount. So good. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Blind Man. Yeah. He's played by Rance Howard. He's the father, like we mentioned at the start of the episode, of Ron and Clinton Howard. Uh, he's received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Children's Program for the show Through the Magic Pyramid in mm. 1982, also executive produced by Ron. Uh, he also appears in The Bottle Deposit as the farmer, like you mentioned before. And he also appeared in Nebraska and the film Universal Soldier. He passed away in 2017 in LA. He was aged 89. Okay. Yeah. He's new to the club. Uh, so I'm guessing he's probably either a resident of New York who's moved clubs or he's moved from interstate, possibly, and he's just joined the health club. Yeah, uh, definitely. I posit that he is actually recently blind. He's, Recent? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he seems a bit... He doesn't really have any uh, assertiveness in him. He's happy to be led around by George and... Uh, you know, like pulled as well by George. Yeah. I think the fact that he's maybe recently blind, he's still trying to like get used to what that means for him as a, yeah. as a newly, you know, vision impaired person. Yeah, sure. Um, so what do you think? Maybe like surgery that went wrong or macular degeneration or... I don't know. I, like I didn't really come up with a reason like why he was blind, just that it was recent. It could have been, yeah, an accident or it could have been degenerative or... Yeah. Who knows? But... The fact that he is wearing glasses that he doesn't like, I feel like a this might be a bit of a stretch, but if someone who had been blind for a long time, they would know what glasses they want. They would find a pair that doesn't pinch yeah. their nose and they would either get those same frames over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they would know what would be comfortable. Um, My recently blind, I never thought of that. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's actually a really good point. And also the fact that he doesn't have any, like uh, like a walk, uh, I don't know the term, like a blind stick, like a like a... Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Like a pole. I, I don't know what the actual term is, so I do apologize. Um, or like a guide dog or anything. Maybe he's still, he's almost like not in denial, but he's struggling to come to full terms with it mm. and, and admit that, you know, he does need some practical assistance. And that's, and he's still at the stage where he asks people for help rather than rely on a dog or maybe doesn't trust those things. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I just got the sense that he wasn't- Wasn't comfortable. At, wasn't comfortable. He, he was still yeah. adjusting to being blind after right. being not blind for most of his life. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he wasn't really assertive, you know, he was just sort of being towed around by George on his like crazy paranoid adventure. I, I just got that feeling. I don't know. Yeah. So- Yeah. He seems pretty fit too. Yeah. Like, I think he's probably always done, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. He's always done like gone to health clubs, gone to the gym or yep. whatever. So, he seemed, he seemed all right. Yeah. He's in good shape. He's in good shape. Yeah. 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 And he's pretty- like a, he's a cool guy too like you think maybe he, he doesn't really say much no you think he would have cracked it at george you know yeah. about having to you know get dragged around you know onto the street and stuff but he's pretty like yeah that's cool yeah see i don't interpret that as him just being cool like whatever happens happens i think that's him more just being i need to rely on this guy to escort me because i don't feel comfortable doing it myself i'll just go along with this weird situation like i said he's not assertive enough to say hang on like are you going to help me or are you going to leave me around like if you're going to leave me around then piss off and i'll find someone else or i'll find another way yeah he's yeah. just because this person's helping him he's just willing to put up with it because he's not confident to do it himself or, or rely on a dog or a walker or stick or whatever How sad. well yeah. hopefully he found a dog <laughs> i hope so <laughs> not the tough guy's dog yeah he doesn't seem that's the thing though he doesn't seem like demoralized or, or like he seems okay I just think he's getting used to the practical reality of being blind and what that means and how to navigate the world, you know, and just figuring out what works best for him, you know, with his glasses, asking people, not being very confident, mm. but he doesn't seem, he doesn't seem depressed or down or out of sorts. No, he's, he's, just, he's trying to come to terms with his situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, emotionally, maybe, but practically, definitely. That's what I got. Yeah, he's trying to get some help. I'm sure he's had lots of rehab or, you know, he's, yeah. he's learned some things, but maybe, yeah, maybe he's, it's like the first time he's kind of like out on his own. Yeah. So he's kind of like, yeah, okay. he's, he's just trying to figure out what works for him. Like, you know, how do I make it easier for myself? Like, how do I just do this like it's nothing sort of thing? Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure he, uh, I'm sure he figured it out eventually. Yeah, well, he got glasses that didn't pinch his nose. Yeah, even though he doesn't realize they're women's frames. He doesn't care. No. Nah. 
Yeah, they're comfortable. They're comfortable. Yeah, I'd, ra- <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather frames I don't like than frames that pinch my nose. That's true. <laughs> well, I've never worn glasses in my life, but I guess in terms of sunnies, then yeah, you wouldn't want them pinching your nose. That's true for sure. Anyway, uh, you have you have some notes on Tough Guy, right? Yeah. So he's credited as Tough Guy, but I think he should go with Dog Guy because Dog Guy it seems a bit more fitting. I think so. Yeah. So I didn't get the actor or any of his previous credits. No, but, I didn't get him either. Yeah, but I mean, he is a bit of a tough guy. He's like he's a pretty big dude. Yeah. His dog is a Rottweiler, Rottweiler, mm-hmm. you know, which is sort of like a stereotypical kind of like tough guy dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they are a pretty tough, like no nonsense dog themselves. And yeah, at the optometrist when he comes in the second time and uh, George and the blind man are there, George just for some reason gives him Jerry's personal yep. information. Yeah. And he has this look in his eye of like, ooh, okay, I'm going to go get him. Yeah. And you think that he's going to like kill Jerry or bash him or something, yeah. but he just asks him to pay his vet bill. Yeah. I'm, and I'm sure there was a bit of like back and forth about it, you know, off camera. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, eventually Jerry probably just said, you know, because Jerry's got a bit of money at this point. You know, he's, you know, he's earning very good money from his comedy gigs. He probably thought, oh, look, I'm just to get this guy out of my hair, I'll just pay it. Mm. You know, stuff it. Yeah. It's usually the way he sometimes gets out of hairy situations. Yeah. Jerry always kind of cops the financial consequences. Of, of his friends I mean you know Jerry it was Jerry's apartment and it was Jerry's air conditioner but the fact that he just trusted Kramer to just pop the aircon on the sill and it's not even the window frame that yeah. seals it down it's the blind it's, it's the blind Jerry has he's never had air conditioning that's so true he probably doesn't know how it works yeah he doesn't like it but I don't think you need to have had air conditioning to realise that like a big heavy box on a thin sill yeah. is not going to be steady I'm so, yeah well you make a good point I'm actually surprised that he didn't say to Kramer hey shouldn't you like well George mm. says shouldn't you bolt this down yeah but I'm surprised Jerry he didn't say anything yeah well i guess i guess kramer does say i'll come back and seal it later yeah so maybe he just thought like for the next day or whenever kramer's gonna come back it'll be fine <laughs> it'll be, yeah, but, but you know yeah it nearly kills isn't. a dog yeah and he kills the tough guy's dog yeah yeah he i love how he just comes into the optometrist like mm. and he doesn't realize dogs aren't allowed because mm. Dwayne says you got you can't have dogs in here get yeah out. yeah but he just walks in like it's like oh whatever yeah yeah, yeah. um it's like he doesn't care yeah it's I, like he doesn't care about the rules yeah i don't think he's like a tough guy because i think if he was a genuine tough guy when Dwayne tells him to leave with his dog he's very compliant he's, he doesn't even say anything he just walks straight out yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't put up a fight doesn't uh, after argue. the dog bit of lane yeah yeah Maybe he just wanted to walk away from that situation because he didn't want to deal with a, a dog bite or something. I don't know. Mm. But uh, yeah, he did have like a, a streak of kind of like toughness about him, but he wasn't <sighs> he wasn't a straight up tough guy. Probably the worst thing he'd do is probably confront like a customer service officer about something. Yeah. Or want a refund or something. Yeah, I, I think maybe he could just, he's just got a bit of a jerk streak. A maybe. jerk streak. He's more like ignorant guy or yeah. jerk guy, not yeah. tough guy. Yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. he's tough. Wanker guy. Yeah. Like we'd say it down here. Yeah. <laughs> wanker Ex- guy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that was wanker guy. Do you have any other notes? or characters <laughs> no 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 no. so uh like ivan said at the top uncle leo does make a fairly significant appearance in this episode but yes. he doesn't do or say anything that we haven't already talked about yeah and uh he has he does already have his what's to do with episode from way back when mm-hmm. i can't even remember like one of our last ones i think we yeah did which was still like 2018 so mm. a fair while ago or maybe 2019 yeah 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 um, um well also cousin jeffrey it was the old bait and switch you know mm. we think that we'd finally see cousin jeffrey on screen but uncle leo opens the door and Hello. that's the running joke yeah yeah. yeah, apparently uh, in one of the trivia points that we didn't get to talk about, they were actually thinking about showing in like early versions of the script. They were actually thinking about showing Jeffrey, but then they decided that him remaining an unseen character is always funnier. Yeah. And it was a good like little misdirect where it was, yeah. you thought you were going to see him and then because he had been talked about before. And then, yeah, it was Leo who answers the door. He's like, hello. Hello. That's it. We see him once again. That's it. All right. That's it for all the secondary characters. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll find out where this episode sits in order of episodes we've reviewed so far and whether any of the secondary characters appear in our top 20 of all time. Yeah. You remember that night I found you Dicky Donuts? You're all hopped up on cinnamon swirls. <laughs> 
wouldn't serve you anymore. You wouldn't even have any teeth if it wasn't for me taking you over to Joe's fruit stand and stuffing cantaloupe down your throat. But so much for gratitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'll give him the discount. Just put that thing away. This squares us. So, buddy, out of 159 episodes we have done so far, and we don't have many left, my friend, where does The Glasses from Season 5 sit for you? Uh, this one sits at number 102. Oh, okay. Yes. One you didn't really like too much. Uh, it, look, it was a good episode. Um, nothing really stand out as far as I was concerned. Some good secondary characters. I did like The Doctor. Uncle Leo, I thought, was in pretty good form. Uh, I did like The Blind Guy and uh, also The uh, Optometrist Dwayne. I thought they were all pretty good secondary characters. But yeah, like nothing nothing blew me away. Nothing I thought was terrible. Yeah, it was just... It was just just sort of like a good solid episode but yeah, cool. nothing remarkable or nothing awful what about you well me uh, a bit higher than you number 23 oh wow i think it was a cracking episode it was laugh a minute like especially it kind of reminded me of um the season five premiere the mango mm-hmm. where it was just like laugh a minute there yep. was like good one-liners i loved a lot of jerry's one-liners to mm. like george and stuff like he really he, he really takes a lot of digs at george like, oh, oh he so does. You're, you're tunneling to the center of the earth yeah there were mailboxes you idiot i didn't have the heart to tell you, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, regarding yeah. the story about picking out raccoons yeah and uh, it's just it just with you, Aqua, Aqua Boy. Yeah. What are you doing? Tunneling to the center of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Like he just had he just had so many of those lines that just really elevated you know the episode. I did like Kramer how he's like you know may I have one of those, ma'am? madam? <laughs> you could see in that scene actually when uh, they were waiting for the audience to finish laughing that they were trying really hard to not break character and yes, laugh. Yes, yes, Kramer yes. had this like sort of little grin on his face <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, just yeah. waiting. Yeah, I imagine there would have been a lot of takes of that shot. And I love in that same scene how it starts and it, it shows George with the glasses on and Jerry says I don't know what to say, Elton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just like funny moments like that. It's just like. Everything was hilarious. Kramer's storyline was funny. George's, you know, Glass's storyline was funny. Yeah, like, I didn't really like Amy too much. You know, the character, I felt like, yeah, I wish that they kind of stuck with one thing and just went with it. Like, they should have shown Amy either being innocent the whole time. But in the first scene that she was in, it made it look like she was hiding something. Mm. And then in the second scene, it just kind of did a 180. And it's like, no, I didn't actually do anything. Mm. I don't know. I wish they kind of went either or. And it was like Jerry's, like, I I wish the joke was like Jerry thinking that she was, you know, having affairs and stuff. But it's all in his head and he's Mm. being silly. Yeah. You know, even though Amy's innocent, I don't know. It's just a bit of a bit of strange writing. But overall, I, I like the episode. A special mention to the Doctor. Yeah, it's my favourite secondary. He yep. was wicked. Does he appear in your top twenty? <laughs> no, just misses out. Just, just, right. just. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. If I had a top thirty, he'd probably appear in there somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, easily the standout. Not only secondary character, but part of this episode for more uh, for me for sure. Yeah. Well, my top ten secondary characters. I haven't read this out in a while, but uh, number ten is Newman. Number nine is Corinne from the Marine Biologist. Uh, Kruger is number eight. Uh, Milos from the Come back is number seven bookman from the library is at number six number five is susan ross number four is the soup nazi number three uncle leo from today's episode uh, number two of course frank costanza the legend and number one george steinbrenner nice i don't have my list in front of me but i can tell you that the number one spot is a tie between elton bennis and jack lumpus yes you two curmudgeon old dudes love them you love them but you definitely have to have your top 20s in the final episode definitely and on march 31st yep. when we wrap this one up hopefully in the <laughs> next two and a half months i'll be able to wrangle up a list of 10 people i'm sure you will you'll be fine <laughs> anyway that was another episode of Bidwell Bask thank you so much for listening we love hearing from you uh, your emails your texts your tweets your Facebook messages whatever way you communicate with us we do read every single one and enjoy hearing from you uh, if you do haven't spoken to us before and like to say hello or if you want to say hello again Podcast at gmail.com is our email and you can find us on social media at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C you can find this podcast anywhere you can get podcasts Apple, Spotify 
by our own website, which is in the show notes as well. And uh, yeah. That's right. And you can support us financially as well. We have a Patreon. And uh, if you don't want to commit to a monthly amount, we do have PayPal as well. Check out those details in the show notes. And finally, we do run the biggest Seinfeld community online. It's called Seinfeldisms. It is a Facebook group. So check that out for all sorts of awesome stuff coming up in the next month or two and throughout the rest of 2021. Indeed. And thanks to our current patron subscribers as of recording, Holly, Nakia, Jeff, Neil, and Dan. So they get this episode earlier than everyone else. And uh, they get advanced episodes of season 11, our current bonus podcast, where Stephen and I, we write entire episodes of Seinfeld set in the modern era and we read them out to you. That's right. They also get access to Curbcast, which we've just finished season three on about a month or so ago. Uh, So if you want access to all those things, as well as access to our normal episodes a week early, check out the Patreon again. All the details are in the show notes. And uh, yes, thank you to our current patrons for their support. It means a lot. It does. What are we doing next week? Next week, we are doing season eight, uh, our second last ever season eight episode, The Money. Oh, A very under, not really talked about episode. It's the final appearance of Jack Klompas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's only in three or four episodes in the entire series, but this is his uh, last one. Take the money. Yeah, the money. It's something I think about Jerry owing Jack uh, money or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like okay. a, a plot. And there's a couple other things that happen. The name doesn't ring a bell. Maybe yeah. it, maybe it's set down in Del Boca Vista. Yeah. I'm guessing it does if it's got Jack. Well, like I mentioned, not really one that's spoken about too often. Mm. Yeah, so anyway. Well, we'll talk about it. it next week. Indeed. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. <laughs> and we'll catch you next week with the money. The money. The money. The money. <laughs>